Welcome to the Stay Ready Real Estate Podcast, where we stay ready so you don't have to get ready. My name is Emeka, and I'll be interviewing a variety amount of professionals in the real estate and business industry to help guide you to buying your first multifamily investment. At the end of each podcast, I'll be giving three actionable steps to help you get 1% closer to your goal of buying some real estate. Today, we have Ike Eke, who owns hundreds of properties and is currently the owner of Rubicon AM. Today, we got Ike Eke. What's going on? How you doing, Ike? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm glad to I'm glad to come on your show. Hey, glad glad to have you here. First and foremost, can you tell the audience a little bit about you, a little bit about your background and where you're from and all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And first off, I have to say, I and we spoke about this last week. I I love the name, the Stay Ready Podcast, because because <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm ex athlete, you know, high school AU, all that sort of stuff. So I'm all about that, you know, stay ready lifestyle instead of having to get ready. So uh, <laughs> kudos to you for having that as the title. But about me, as Emek just told you, my name is Ike Eke, and I'm a real estate investor. I am born and raised in San Francisco, California, but I live in San Diego. And I, I came down to San Diego to go to school for accounting. And I also went to school for finance as well, which is what I do for my day job. But on the side and coming less of a side thing, more of a main thing, I, I invest in real estate as well. And I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss more about that. But I started by buying a fourplex out in Phoenix, Arizona, and have since done a syndication out in the Tennessee area, Nashville area. I've, I bought and sold a, a, du a duplex in Cleveland. Ohio and invested passively in a in a deal out in San Antonio. So, you know, getting a few things going here. I also have a podcast myself called Multifamily by the Slice, where we discuss, if you guessed it, multifamily. And that's been going for about a year now and uh, a YouTube channel as well. So I'm trying to, you know, cover all my bases here. Good, good, good. There's a lot to unpack there. First and foremost, uh, why'd you get started into real estate? What brought me into real estate? I have to give all the credit to my father and my family. I'm my, my parents immigrated here from Nigeria and they landed in the SF Bay area where they had me and my father, you know, has been an entrepreneur his whole life. He's had many businesses across, across industries and, you know, being a quote unquote foreigner, which I mean, quite frankly, anybody that's in the U S that, <laughs> that wasn't a, an American Indian is a foreigner in my eyes, but Hey, we can, we can have a discussion another time. <laughs> um, but be, being a quote unquote foreigner, he didn't really understand, you know, the stock market. He didn't really understand or ever have a 401k or IRA or or any of those retirement vehicles that are deemed conventional by, you know, corporate America. And as he started to build his own wealth through entrepreneurship, he was, you know, questioning, where do I put my money? And for him, you know, in, in Nigerian culture, you know, owning land is everything. He figured, okay, let me put it into some land. Let me put it in some, into some property. And from there, you know, for those of you that are familiar with the San Francisco Bay Area, it kind of exploded over the last like 20, 30 years in terms of, of property value. And so by way of being there and investing there, he was able to build, you know, build a portfolio and, you know, went full time real estate. So as I was growing up, you know, this all happened in, in my child, in my childhood eyes. And I saw it as the normal thing to do. It was not until I left uh, the nest, so to speak, that I understood what a 401k was, you know, understood the stock market, which, you know, coincidentally I do in my, in my W2 day job. But, you know, before anything else, there was real estate. I was walking deals. I, I, I say it on my profile, I was walking deals since I was four years old. Cause it's true. In 1994, my, my parents bought their first property in the San Francisco Bay area. And I was there, you know, during the inspection process, 
I was there at the closing table. I had no idea what was going on, obviously, because I was four years old. Mm -hmm. But I was definitely surrounded by that and thought it normal to do. So when I, you know, first put together my few coins, I decided, okay, let me go and, and do the same thing because it worked pretty well for my family. And it's been on offering ever since then. Oh, beautiful. Your, your dad obviously knew what was going on. What yeah. kind of properties were was your dad focusing on? Small multifamily, you know, duplex here, triplex there in the San Francisco Bay Area. Then he expanded out into, I would say, what's considered mid-sized multifamily, anywhere from, you know, five to 20 units in different parts of the of the area. Still, He's still active. He just bought his most re recent deal earlier this year. So the man's still kicking and and he he does it in an unconventional way. He doesn't necessarily you know, take on partners or anything like that. It's more he just keeps it close and he does a low debt sort of strategy and and that works for him. So yeah, that's that's the sort of property that that he's invested in. So he's doing a solo dolo, no JVs, no syndications. Nothing for the like audience that. out there, can you explain what a syndication is? Sure, sure. So a syndication, and I actually have a YouTube video I posted recently about this, sort of explaining the one one oh one of syndication. But effectively, what syndication is is when a group of people, a group of investors pool their money in order to buy a larger property. So generally, you know, there is what's called the general partnership group or the sponsorship group and the limited partnership, limited partnership group who, you know, are limited partners. The general partnership goes out, finds the deal. They underwrite the deal. They go through due diligence and they put all of the, you know, paperwork together, you know, forming companies, LLCs, all that good stuff, negotiating with the sellers. And they put together an offering, which consists of a deal and a plan. And when they have that together, they go to their limited partners, people that have either invest with, invested with them before or people that they know are interested in investing. And they present it to them, raise capital from them, pool that capital together as the equity piece of the syndication, go get debt from a lender and take down the deal. They buy the deal. So, you know, the only difference between a syndication and a quote unquote regular deal is that there is a split in that equity portion where there are general partners who are, you know, running, managing the deal, making the decisions, and then limited partners who are sort of along for the ride and are able to take advantage of the experience, the team, and the knowledge base of those general partners. Beautiful, beautiful. So the way I've always explained it is, I think of it like a stock, and it might not be the most perfect way, but think of Apple. You know, we've got a bunch of people investing in Apple, a phone, Apple Watch, such and such, and then they expect a return over time. Mm -hmm. So in a way, would you consider it like a stock? I would not consider it a stock for this very reason. So when you buy a stock, you are buying a, you know, you're buying a piece of a company okay. that is traded on, you know, an exchange. Whereas when you're buying a, or, or when you're investing in a syndication, you're buying, you know, you're investing directly into the, the, the building. And generally it's not something that, you know, can be traded out of. It's, it's incredibly illiquid. Some people see that as a negative. I see that as a positive. We can discuss that as well. I'll go into it. <laughs> well, so, I mean, just as a non sequitur, like, when you're investing in stocks, a lot of people, and I, I see this all the time because I, I, I'm, you know, deep into the equity side of investing. People like to, you know, create models that they believe will work as a rational investor. And quite frankly, in times like this, over the last, you know, quarter, two quarters or so, things have been getting pretty hectic and people are not thinking rationally. 
and you see a lot of selling, you see a lot of, of unnecessary buying and the underlying companies themselves haven't changed. The economy around them have changed. Yet, if you're a long-term investor, that should mean a lot less to you. Sure. Uh, so you see a lot of volatility. You've been seeing a lot of volatility in the stock market today, you know, October 11, 2022, for, as a timestamp for those that are listening in the future. But in the real estate market, because of the illiquidity of real estate, it makes it very difficult to transact at a rapid pace. In order to transact real estate quickly, you have to take a pretty large haircut on, you know, the actual value of the property. With that being the case, even those investors that are emotional can't necessarily act on those emotions because they're already in the deal. So I see that as a feature, not a bug. And quite frankly, I wish more people that operated in the stock market thought the same way. And I wish that it was harder to buy and sell stocks. But that's not the rules of the game right now. So no, there you have sure. it. And the one thing you need to talk about yet yeah, is taxes. And mm. uh, I mean, like I said, everything I know, everyone I've talked to, the tax benefits versus the stock, the 401k are tremendously better when it comes to multifamily. And I'm sure you can go in, into it deeply, the cost segregation, the all that good stuff. But Well, I mean, we don't even, you don't even have to utilize the, the advantages of cost segregation to prove that point, although you should, but you don't have to, because again, since you're investing in, you know, you're effectively buying a piece of paper back, back in the olden days before the internet, a, a stock certificate is what you got when you bought a stock, right? So you're buying a piece of paper that represents ownership of a company. Whereas when you're buying real estate, you're buying the actual uh, property. And so when you buy real property, you're allowed depreciation because under the eyes of the IRS and the tax code, they understand that the components of that property will not last forever right so they say okay since you know since the roof you was just put on the property we'll give you you know 20 years worth of life out of that roof but in reality a roof could last 40 years it could last 10 years no one really knows but they give you the, op the opportunity to write down those expenses and for those that are listening i put air quotes on expenses the, they give you the opportunity to write down those expenses against income you make from the property and with with that ability you can essentially bring your net income which is you know income minus expenses down to zero or somewhere close to it and not have to own ta uh, owe taxes you simply cannot do that with equities and paper investments mm -hmm. That, that, that's a lot of knowledge there. Definitely, definitely can get uh, deep into that in another episode. But you said that your dad, you know, mainly focused on himself when it comes to finding deals and things like that, you no know, partners. What made you get into syndication specifically, becoming a GP or an LP? You got some, you got properties from Texas to Ohio, but what, what made you come into syndication and uh, partnering with people to get your deals? Well, you kind of said it yourself right there because I have properties that are not, well, I'm in California if you guys didn't already, oh, I, I said it earlier, but I'm in California and you said it yourself right there. I have properties in other states. Those other states for my investment profile make a lot more sense. Right now, as what I consider a beginning investor, I still require cash flow for a deal to make sense to me. And quite frankly, that's that's very few and far between here in California. So the best way for me to find deals with cash flow is to go into other markets. But as real estate investors out there must know, and, and you'll learn if you don't already, 
Real estate is a very local business. If you don't know the local market, you may be able to do well, but you're not going to do as good as somebody that does know the local market. So by way of syndication, I'm able to tap into other people's expertise of a market and leverage that for myself as well as people that invest alongside me. So, that, so that's the reason why I decided the syndications, especially for remote investments, made a lot of sense. So for those of you listening, it is not impossible to invest across the country. You're in California and Texas is not too close. So what, how did you find these people to, to trust, put all your trust in? You're putting money into these deals and I'm sure it's not you know a couple of dollars. So what did you do to find these people and what was the mindset behind you know putting all your trust and all your money and knowing that you would actually get a return? The way I found the people, I mean, in a word is networking, right? So like I, I go to tons of investor events. I've joined a uh, investor group, the Jake and Gino group, the Wheelbarrow Profits group. And through that, you know, there's there's an education component that helps you refine your skill as an investor. But to me, in my opinion, the most value is in the amount of people that are in the group and the quality of the people that are in the group. They make it such that if you, you know, really spend time meeting other people in, in that group, it's almost impossible not to find someone that either has a great deal that you can become a part of or someone that is looking uh, or someone that has capital to invest in a deal that you've already found. I mean, real estate is all about who you know. Mm -hmm. uh, similar to many other industries, I'm sure it's all about who you know. So the way I was able to you know, find and put trust in others was to find a reputable group where integrity is, you know, one of the one of the key components of it, and then meet people in that group as much as possible. I mean, because I've known people that join all of these networking groups and all of these educational groups and think, okay, since I've joined the group, I'm all, I'm all good to go. It's just like buying a piece of real estate. The day you 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 sign to buy it is the day you actually start working, not the the finish line. Mm -hmm. So once you join the group, meet each and every person in the group, and then you'll start to see the value of of the networking that you're you've given yourself an opportunity to do. Oh, for sure. And then one thing we did discuss about last time is you know most of these people that you're I'm, I'm assuming you're investing with they're they're wealthier, they have experience. And, you know, I would say the, the mainstream media wants to claim people with more than 100,000 are rich and, you know, selfish and all those things. What have you learned, you know, investing with these groups and networking with all these people who've been a part of it? What have you learned and what is something that uh, what are some of the myths that you, uh, you know, have exposed since you've been a part of this group? Oh, man, I, I would say the number one thing that I have learned in terms of, you know, people who have done well for themselves over long periods of time is that it's almost like a like a direct relationship in that people that have done extremely well are so much more willing to help people that are just getting started because they kind of see themselves in that person granted you have to be you have to you know have at least a baseline understanding of what you're doing and also have acute specific questions that you need answered and then also when you get advice 
actually act on it because as quickly as they're willing to help you out is as quickly as they'll no longer be willing to help you out if you just get their advice and then do nothing with it. So something that I've learned is that, again, it's almost like a direct relationship. The, the, the more successful someone is, the more willing they are to help you, but you got to come correct. For sure. For sure. I'm going to move on to the next little segment. So first and foremost, can you tell the audience a little bit about your portfolio when you started and where you're at now? Okay. So I started in, let's see, I started in April of 2018 okay. with that fourplex. So that's, you know, four, obviously. And then at the, at the end of 2020, I refinanced out all of my capital, all my initial capital and was able to use that to buy a duplex in Cleveland. And in a year and a day, I sold that duplex for, for tax reasons that I'm sure that you will cover at least in this episode or next. <laughs> and I was able to, you know, do did okay with, with that sale, I would say. And, and that's when I joined an investment group or a, a mentorship and networking group. And then at the end of 21. So around November 21 is when I got in my first syndication as a general partner. That is a 39 unit class A townhome property in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is about 40 minutes north of Nashville, Tennessee. I raised a bit of capital for that. And then from there, I, oh, my, my next deal was the, the passive investment in a 78 unit syndication in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. And in the middle of there, I started a podcast and, and also started a YouTube channel. So how long did it take you to get that, to be a GP in the 39 unit after you joined the mentorship? It took me two months. And I, I would say, because <laughs> I, 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 I joined in August, I joined in August of last year and I, you know, we, we closed that syndication November 30th, so the end of November, so three months. But, but I, I would say that, you know, it was a very unique situation. And, you know, in hindsight, I bit off more than I could chew. I would not recommend that for anyone else. It worked out for me, but it was a stressful time. Let's just say that. So learn from it. I, I learned that um, when you really have a, a stretch goal and also a timeline, the amount of work that you will will do will outpace any other situation. Quite frankly, I, I would say the the only time I've ever worked that hard was in grad school when I was, you know, working full time and I was I was doing two degrees at the same time as well. So like my days were were unbelievable at that time. And even that didn't necessarily have a deadline. This one did. So yeah, it was a it was a harrowing effort. But but I feel like the amount of people that I met in that very small period of time, as well as the amount I learned in that very small period of time is is I, I can't replace it. i'm glad i did it but i wouldn't recommend anybody else do it let's just say that oh for sure and one thing i'm sure you can test to is you know um even though you don't recommend it the experience you gained from it for that next deal you know it's invaluable you know oh yeah <laughs> you know you, you did so much i'm sure since you said you raised the capital stressful time but you got through it so you kind of went over uh, why you think you know you shouldn't do a timeline uh, like you did but what is the advice that you would have for the inspiring investor who wants to get their first multifamily deal? I would say, well, first, you know, networking is is super important. And 
all of this is with the caveat that you understand what it means to invest in multifamily, you understand the jargon, you invest, you understand how to talk to brokers, other investors. I'm assuming that you already have that down because you should if you're serious about multifamily. But the next best or the next step, meet as many people in the industry as possible and also meet as many potential investors as possible. And then the next step after that is know what you're good at. Know what skills you could bring to the table. A lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm not rich, so I can't be part of multifamily or I haven't been doing it for, you know, 10, 20 years, so I have nothing to bring. You chances are you have some skill that a team needs and you just are still looking to find that team. Mm -hmm. uh, if you live in an area that is advantageous for, you know, cash flow investors, then your skill could simply be living in that area and learning that market. So that's just an example of, you know, a, a quote unquote skill that many, many newbies may not under, may not even, you know, realize they have, but they definitely do. That's good. That's good. Now we're going to go to the last segment of the show where I ask everyone the same three questions. All are right. Let's get it. What are the two books you would recommend each and every aspiring multifamily investor to read? Are you saying like real estate books or just any books, books in, in general? general? Yep. So there, there's a great book that I'm surprised. I don't hear much people talk about, but I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's just me, but a book called the wealthy gardener. And gardener. it's not really a real estate book. It's more a personal finance and sort of mindset book, but there, there are so many gems. I've listened to it at least three or four times and I've also read it and, and, there is it's it's a it's a long analogy to gardening as 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 life would go. It basically, you know, comparing life to gardening. And I mean, I, I revisit it all the time. I revisit it all the time because it's it's helped me a lot, I would say. And so that's that's not a real estate book. I'll give you a real estate book that I like and is not one I've heard a lot. Cause I'm sure, you know, future guests and previous guests have given me like <laughs> Uh, rich dad poor dad uh, yeah. or you know the the bigger pockets book the the first one that you know got everything started so i won't bore you with that okay the the book that i really like is am i being too subtle it is by the name is escaping me give me one second i'll find it one of the one of the best real or the most famous infamous real estate investors in you history said, am i being too subtle am i being too subtle okay i've never heard of that one Let's see. I just got to find the because the, the author is Sam Zell. He he's, again, one of the most infamous, infamous real estate investors. And he basically invented REITs. Um, and he's, you know, he's done one of the, some of the biggest deals in American history. Fantastic book. And invented I rates. Think about that. <laughs> rates. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he basically he basically, you know, he basically not funded because that's not the type the right firm of the, the right term funded would mean mean would mean like putting capital in but he oh he seeded the first REIT with his portfolio and made it publicly traded so that that I mean his story is incredible and he's an extremely smart guy I want to give you another one I know it's your show and I, I can be breaking the rules but oh, I want to give you another one do it, do um it. and it's the Peebles principles the uh by Peebles. by R Donahue Peebles okay um probably one of the more famous black real estate investors, a guy to DC and, and, and he's, you know, single, single parent and he was able to make it. Uh, he is a master at networking and meeting the right people 
especially in political circles and leveraging those connections to to grow his his business. So I would highly recommend that one as well. We got the wealthy gardener. Am I being too subtle in the people's principle? We'll put yep. that in the show notes as well. So for the cool. next question I got, what is the most impactful speech or lesson that a coach or mentor taught you? And how did it impact your real estate investing career? I was reading the the the, the 10x role by Grant Cardone. And you know, every other chapter just hit me in the face, like, oh yeah. Damn, I'm am I making excuses? You know, it's funny because I, <laughs> I was I was I was thinking right down that alley. And you know, everybody loves the 10x rule. My fa- my favorite one that he wrote is Be Obsessed or Be Average. That's that's my favorite book by Cardone. And one of the things that he says in that book is that it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you oh, yeah. and what they know you for, right? So, I, I mean, that's not necessarily a speech, it's just a, it's just a sentence, but I'm sure he expounds on that in the book. But the, I mean, the, the, you know, the crux of what he's trying to say is that, okay, you know, you can go out and shake a bunch of hands. You can go out and and say you networked with a bunch of people, but if you don't actually go do the work, if you're not, you know, hustling, not nine to five, but you know, hustling really, really hard and 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 you know, getting some stuff done, then no one's really gonna know you. No one's gonna remember you. Like it's we live in a very no- noisy world mm-hmm. where if you're not consistently, yeah. <laughs> if you're not consistently putting yourself out there, if you're not consistently updating people on what you're doing. If you're not failing in public so that people can understand that you learn from a, a, a failure that you did, then people are going to forget who you are. Mm-hmm. So it's not about who you know. It's about who knows you. Oh, yeah. And the, the book, The Go-Giver, uh, explains that uh, very well as well. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that the third question. It's going to be a little bit of a fun one. All if right. you could have dinner with anyone for one hour, anyone in the world, who would it be and why? You know who I'd want to have dinner with? A guy named who also wrote a great biography or yeah. Oh, well, he has a biography written about him. Steve Schwartzman. He is the founder of Blackstone, which is a gigantic real estate investment company. And he started that company with 400K. Right now, here, let me take a look. Give me one second and I'll tell you. The founder of Blackstone, Steve, Steve Schwartzman. Schwartz. That company is now worth $61 billion. And he founded it with 400K, 200K from himself and 200K from a partner. I'd like to know from his mouth how he did that. So I'll have that one hour dinner with him. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> and just so everyone knows, I'm sure he has two eyes, two hands, a beating heart. So just be- just because he did it, that shows that you can do it as well. Exactly. All right. We had Ike Eke today. So I appreciate your time, Ike. Uh, how hey, can people reach you? It. You can reach me on my website. That's rubiconcre.com. You can reach me through email. That's I-K-E, Ike, at uh, rubiconcre.com. Shoot, I mean, you can give me shoot me a call or a text, but make it a good one because I'm not going to answer, you know, a number <laughs> that I don't know. My number is 415-290-2713. But in all seriousness, I'm always here to help. I'm always here to meet new people in the industry, people trying to get into the industry. If you follow me on socials, I'm always posting like little nuggets of knowledge. If you listen to our podcast, Multifamily by the Slice, always great guests coming on that too, multifamilybytheslice.com. But I'm not a hard man to reach. So if you don't reach out, then I know you just don't want to talk to me.
<laughs> I echo everybody. I appreciate your time, Mike. I really do. And I look forward to seeing uh, the growth that you're going to have in the coming years. So thank you, man. I echo everybody. And I'll leave all the information in the show notes for you. Thank you. Right. That was Ike, everybody. At the beginning of the podcast, I told you I give you three actionable steps that you can take home with you today to get 1% better and closer to your goals to buying some real estate. Number one, reach out to Ike. He just gave you all his information, all of it's there. It's in the show notes. Reach out to him, call him, email him, go on the website and network. Building relationships is one of the keys to you know building your portfolio. And along with that, action step two, Download meetup.com, Google, local meetups, local real estate meetups, multifamily meetups. Those meetups are where you're gonna build your connection, a financier, a banker, whoever it is, a con contractor. These, these are who you need to build your real estate portfolio. So go to a meetup. If you can't find anyone, build one yourself. And number three, read a book. He just offered three books, Wealthy Gardener, Am I Being Too Subtle, and The People's Principle. Read those books. Those are big time books. And I know I said three actual sets, but for the fourth thing, please like and subscribe if you like this video. Until next time, I'm out.